Let's Go Green, sponsored by Airgrid, managing and operating Ireland's electricity grid for a cleaner energy future. Check out airgrid.ie for more. Hello and you are very welcome to this week's episode of Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. I'm your host, Ashling O'Rourke, and I hope you are safe and well as you tune into the show this week. Later on, we're going to be turning to all things festive and we're going to be looking at some sustainable gift choices. So, you know, shopping Irish this festive season and, of course, decorating our houses in a nice environmentally friendly and indeed budget friendly later. So we have Evelyn Fitzpatrick of the Refill Mill in Mullingar joining us later on and Alina C from Port Leash. Alina C designs there talking us through decorating our houses for Christmas in a nice environmentally friendly way. But first things first, last week on the show, we spoke with environmental correspondent with the Irish Independent, Caroline O'Doherty from COP28 in Dubai. Well, Caroline is still in Dubai and she has a very graciously agreed to to return to Let's Go Green to update us once again. Caroline, you are very welcome back. Thank you. You must be exhausted at this point, Caroline. This, these these negotiations at COP, they've been going on now for about almost a fortnight um, and you've been there covering all of us, even with the time difference and all that involved. But um, I know you're not going to be able to bring us in to the nitty gritty of absolutely everything that's happened since we last spoke. But what are the, the the highlights as you see them? What are the big the big decisions that have been reached or the topics of negotiation that we should know about? Well, if you look at all the list of the decisions that have to be reached and agreements that have to be reached, um, there's only one that's been reached, and that's the same one we spoke about last week, which was this loss and damage fund. You know, money mm. from rich countries to help the poorer countries. Um, there's a lot of stuff that hasn't moved, uh, a lot of stuff that's moving somewhat um, and a lot of stuff that, you know, should get over the line. Look, there's a couple of major issues um, and and fossil fuels. And again, it always kind of sounds peculiar to people. Well, obviously, that centre stage of a climate summit, isn't it? Well, actually, not always because they kind of na- navigate around it. But this one, this COP has really put the focus on fossil fuels because so far the, the strongest statement in any COP has been that there'll be, uh, they'll agree to a phase down of unabated coal. Yeah. Um, we have not yet extended that to oil and gas. We've not yet said that it'll be a phase out as opposed to a phase down, which is essentially a reduction. A phase out means ending. Um, and we've not yet got rid of this word unabated, which means that, you know, you can keep using it and you'll get rid of the emissions by some technical means, as in carbon capture and storage, which is a technology that's very much in its infancy. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you know, so there's great reluctance among, you know, a lot of people to put any faith in it or whether they put the money in it or whatever. So that has become an issue um, because the pressure is ramping up. There's a, I think there's a realisation that, you know, if they keep toying around with this wording, you know, indefinitely, there's almost a sense that you, you should give up on cops if we're really not going to grapple yeah. with the central issue. So it's interesting how it has it has taken centre stage in recent days. Um, and we had a very interesting development this afternoon, which is Sunday afternoon, uh, my time. Um, the COP president, uh, Dr. Al Jabber, who was in the news for different reasons last week. Who we spoke about last week. Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. 
he may be coming into his own as a chair of a talks. And there's a lot of responsibility on the chair of a talks, the major talks, when 190 kind of uh, country representatives are looking at you to get them together and talk. And he introduced a concept we'd never heard of, and say it was probably the most Googled word this afternoon, the majlis. He said, I'm convening a majlis. And that literally in Arabic means sitting room. But it's, it's, it's a term when you bring people together in a non-structured, informal way to talk person to person. So we gathered them all, not in these uh, in these kind of formal uh, desks where they do sit when they come for the formal negotiations, which is called plenary. And they're all sitting there with their country name in front of them and their mic in front of them. And they're all positioned in certain ways. And there just was a load of chairs set up. They all gathered around. And he said, I need to take you out of that kind of the environment you've been in, this kind of negotiating rooms. And let's just all talk. I don't want any prepared speeches, just all talk. There was kind of an airing of views at that. And it, it did kind of crystallize where countries stand in a way that had been suspected. So, you know, Saudi Arabia is really and totally and utterly against focusing on fossil fuels at all. Yeah. Um, they don't mind if we want to say we'll, we'll, we'll really ramp up emissions reduction um, because they think they want, they hope that they can still keep producing the oil and they'll use these technologies to reduce the emissions. Um, but other countries are in there too. The US didn't contribute to that discussion. You know, so that's kind of disappointing um, because you feel like if they would come out and you use strong wording, um, that it would help move things along. Did they um, stay in the room for it? Did they, no, they listen? They, they did. Um, okay. About we reckon about thirty uh, party negotiators spoke out of the hundred and ninety, but. Because, for example, Eamon Ryan, our Minister of the Environment, spoke, that pretty much takes care of Europe, the EU, because we tend to negotiate a group. So even though not every country got their, their representative to yeah. speak, countries negotiate in blocks and groupings anyway. So we got to hear from most parts of the world. Um, you know, India, <laughs> excuse me, has a, a major issue with its coal. It, it has plenty of coal. It produces lots of coal. It needs lots of coal. Uh, so it's it's it doesn't want a particularly strong wording. China's in there too. Um, so at least, you know, instead of knowing kind of that's what's going on behind closed doors, it's kind of more out in the open now. So what ha- is happening is this evening, which is Sunday evening into Monday morning, the COP presidency has gone away with various proposals and texts and all that have been submitted in the previous week. And hearing the views that they've heard, they're to come out Monday morning with what they would consider to be the, the draft of a final agreement, um, taking into consideration what they think is kind of the midpoint of the views that have been expressed. So all day Monday, uh, various co- the countries will be looking at those texts and coming back and saying, absolutely not, or yeah, we can go with that, or we'd accept that if you kind of modify it this way. So there'll be, need to be another gathering, another gathering of views, kind of collating of all the different views, um, probably Monday evening mm-hmm. <clears throat> as we're as this broadcast will be going out. Um, so there was um, kind of a surprise a statement of intent by Dr. Al Jabber that he would finish up the COP negotiations very promptly uh, Tuesday lunchtime. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Nobody thinks mm-hmm. that's going to happen. Um, I thought he, he maybe thought by setting the deadline a little earlier, he'd concentrate views. But, you know, he, um, yeah, he should have known better because there's a long way to go. Um and Caroline, on these agreements that are reached at, at each COP of, over the years, 
like what's the point? Do they have any enforcement powers? Like, or, you know, is it just, um, yes, climate change is bad and we need to do something about it. Like how tangible are these agreements? Well, here's the thing. They send a very strong signal, obviously, because, yes, I mean, technically speaking, um, you know, there are countries that pretty much ignore them. They'll sign up to them and then they'll ignore them, business as usual. Um, There's been a big focus also in the last few days on finance, if we can reform the financial system. So if you can say, look, here's the stated objective uh, for all countries, that's what we're going to do. If you can get all the big investors to move in that direction, i.e. stop investing in oil and gas, which they're very comfortable in doing because Mm -hmm. they know these materials, they know these fuels, they know the markets and they know the demand is there. Um, We've been hearing a lot this week about when these same huge investors, huge financial investors start to look at renewables instead, um, the there's greater risk involved. They don't necessarily know the technology, the markets, where's the demand. There's a lot of moving parts because it's still relatively new. So there's a lot of talk about reforming the financial markets so that they kind of de-risk it somewhat. Um, And so, you know, they'll say, look, investors will go where there's a return to be made. So the policy is set, the international agreements are set, and then you can provide um, a fairly clear-cut investment route there's actually no reason for us all to be stuck in this same business as usual, fossil fuels. So there's been a lot of focus on transforming and reforming, <clears throat> excuse me, um, financial markets. I have been choking in the last few days because I don't, people come to <laughs> Dubai for the sun. They don't come to it for the smog, but we've had a lot of smog. <laughs> so forgive me for coughing. Um, it's, right. it's, it's a very, very built up city with a lot, a lot of car reliance. <laughs> so it's a lot of exhaust fumes. And I suspect um, covering cop, you have had very few um, full eight hours sleep over the past uh, number of days. You might be right on that. So, yeah. <laughs> so look, you know, whether there's an agreement or not, uh, whether there's a very strong agreement or not, um, you know, there's certainly some things that have been set in train, reform of the financial markets, which is not necessarily something you think about at the climate summit, but it, it starts to make sense when you hear mm-hmm. people say that the money will move things. The money will move the policy. It will implement the policy. Um, so you need to you need to reform that as well. And that's maybe been a bit neglected in previous COPs. And as you say, the uh, renewed focus on finance is very interesting and like it might get the markets thinking differently. And I don't know if any of the listeners have looked at their pension lately, but I know it's the new trendy way of, you know, setting up a pension is to have an environmentally friendly one where you're not investing in less environmentally friendly um, uh, markets and all of that. So it will be very interesting. Um, I think we'll all be shocked if come lunchtime Tuesday, there is an actual agreement. So more than likely the early hours as a Wednesday morning, we might hear a trickle down of an agreement. But for now, Caroline O'Doherty, environmental correspondent of the Irish Independent, thank you for uh, keeping us posted from Dubai over the last couple of weeks, uh, Caroline, and indeed throughout 2023 for all your contributions. Uh, happy Christmas. And to you. Thank you. We'll be back after these. Let's Go Green, sponsored by Airgrid, managing and operating Ireland's electricity grid for a cleaner energy future. Check out airgrid.ie for more. You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. Now, we are well and truly in the festive season. And I know some people like me, I'll be honest, prefer to be organised and kind of do the Christmas shopping thing 
bit by bit, you know, maybe like I actually bought my first Christmas present in August. I have to be honest. Um, but for me, that just takes the stress out of it. And I and it gives me time to think about things. But but not everybody enjoys that. Some people enjoy doing all their Christmas shopping in December and enjoying all the festivities around whatever town you're going into and the Christmas lights and all that buzz. And maybe if you're lucky, getting a free glass of mulled wine on occasion, you know. Um, so I know with we're what we're what we're about a fortnight away, maybe slightly over a fortnight to the big day itself. And some of you might be feeling stressed and wondering about what on earth do I give people this Christmas and that person in your life that kind of has everything, but you're struggling to come up with ideas. Well, last year's Christmas gift slot was so successful. We thought we would do it again this year here on Let's Go Green. And being the environmental show, we like to support Irish and support sustainable gifts. And to talk me through this year's recommendations, I'm joined by Evelyn Fitzpatrick of, of course, the Refill Mill in Mullingar. Evelyn has featured on the show numerous times at this stage now, Evelyn, but you were, I put you to work and you've done a bit of research for us. You've been out looking at the shops. Um, you are very welcome uh, back to the show and thank you for uh, putting your thinking cap on for this week's episode. Thank you very much, Ashley, and I'm delighted to be here and I'm I'm always happy to um, promote sustainable gifting. So <laughs> great one to be on. Now, I know it's like, let's be honest about it. Being sustainable now is trendy. You know, it's it's in vogue. OK. Yeah. Um, but knowing that you want to per- buy, be sustainable this Christmas and then knowing how to do it are not the same thing. So it can be a bit overwhelming. And especially if you're not someone who's maybe used to shopping in this way. So start us off with the, the basics. And of course, we have to be mindful of budget. Like, let's be honest, uh, none yeah. of us are millionaires. Um, we, we'd be maybe on a nice beach or a yacht somewhere in the Caribbean if we were, <laughs> <laughs> but we're not. So, um, yeah. so, so like, you know, sustainability is not just about, you know, um, being environmentally friendly. It's also about our own lifestyles and having to, you know, manage our own budgets as well. We, we can't ignore that. So Evelyn, I know um, a lot of gifts at Christmas times tend to relate to the body, whether it's skincare or, you know, shower gels or bath washes or whatever they might be. So so what are your top tips if we, if we go through to this body care area first? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I would love to say as well, I'm also very mindful of budget when it comes to mm. gifting, because I think at this time of year, we can get very carried away. And um, a huge part of sustainability is about not getting carried away. Mm-hmm. And thoughtful things rather than things for the sake of it. And like you said, um, bath and body care is a huge one for this time of year. And um, soaps are kind of the thing that we will generally just kind of pull a gift set off our local pharmacies um, shelves kind of thing. But what I would suggest is being mindful of what brands you're buying and making sure that they're Irish brands is a huge part. So um, sustainability is about buying local, um, supporting small Irish brands, as well as the packaging and as well as the products. So products like um, Jani Bars is my favourite um, bath and beauty Irish brand. They're they're based in Maynooth. You can buy them um, online you can buy them in my shop and you can also buy them in loads of small retailers across the country. But she does beautiful um, um, face washes, body scrubs, soaps, hand creams, face creams. She kind of does the whole lot. Um, and they're quality products that um, are made to last as well. So they're gorgeous, but also uh, very affordable as well. 
Okay, so Jenny Bars, they're based in Maynooth and yeah. they are so they are um generally available in small retailers like yourself around the country. So that's 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 yeah, really Yeah, kind of kind of kind of artisan shops like that. Jenny would be a good example of one that's quite well known around the country um and has a very good reputation for high quality products. So um and that would be a good How do we spell Jenny? J A N N I J-A-N-N-I bars. Fantastic. Right. Okay. What's next on the chopping board? <laughs> um, I also love um, um, Body Blends is another one. It's a Dublin-based company. Um, and she, again, makes beautiful face creams, hand creams, body butters. And she also does a gorgeous aromatherapy mist, like a spray for your pillows, for your rooms. It's, it's kind of an alternative to using air fresheners. Um, it's okay. much better for the environment and it's all natural as well. So that's a really nice one. And and her, her products are really, really beautifully packaged um, as well. So that's another kind of quality one that's made to last and something different, something a little bit different. I think the aromatherapy room spray is a really nice kind of alternative gift. It is. And it's the kind of gift that you wouldn't necessarily think of buying for yourself. Do you know, it, it it would be a nice gift to receive that um you would yeah it's not something everyone would think of so it would show you put a bit of thought into it exactly exactly it's just something a little bit different that you know that that person has everything probably doesn't have this yeah, yeah. now of course we should say you know um with skincare um always be mindful of whether or not the recipient has any allergies or that and if the person does that might be you know best avoided but they they're two very very good options uh, skincare very wise. much and that's body is b o d h i blends okay okay right okay now what do you have next for us Evelyn? um i also have well because I'm from Mullingar, mm-hmm. um, Sophie Soaps is my other one for the kind of skincare range. It's another soap brand. Sophie makes gorgeous smelling products, but she does a great, um, it's a solid massage bar forward slash body lotion, Ooh. which is a nice alternative. It's something very different. Um, and I really love that one because you can use it as a moisturizer after your showers or if you've got tired muscles, someone someone that runs, somebody that's quite stressed, she's got ones um, to suit those tired muscles. And she's also got an energizer one to give you a little bit of a, a boost if you want to use it in the morning. And that's a nice alternative to um, for somebody that's kind of active like that. Um, or it could be a romantic gift with you exactly. know, perhaps a, yeah. their preferred beverage along along with it or whatever exactly. it might or be. Or a nice a nice candle with it as well. Mm-hmm. Do you know, that's that those that with a nice candle, ochre candles would be my favourite. Um uh, uh, that's a soy wax candle brand based in Dublin. Um it's important to buy natural wax candles, by the way. Um if you're thinking about buying candles, go for soy wax or beeswax would be a good alternative because paraffin wax has quite toxic um, ingredients in it. And it's not nice to burn, um, especially around kids or pets. It's not a great one to be burning. So looking for um, soy alternatives would be good. Just throwing and that in there as well. And of course, we have in County Offaly Milby Studios as well. They make their exactly. own beeswax and they're they're beautiful I have one myself um they beautiful beeswax balm and candles um so and they're they're all produced in, in County Offaly um yeah, more base is brilliant so um so they're like they're a couple of really good options in, in terms of, of skincare what yes. for about maybe someone who doesn't feel comfortable giving skincare what what else could we do 
Well, I think that you can't go wrong with food. And I think, you know, we a lot of Secret Santa presents end up being kind of gag gifts and that kind of thing. But if you didn't want to go around that route and you wanted a sustainable alternative, um, a little gift box filled with food is a really nice alternative. You can get you can get quite a lot of food for for 20 euros. Mm. Um, and filling that with Irish brands is a really nice alternative to, you know, spend 15, 20 euros on that kind of thing is nicer. If you don't really know the person, if you don't want to give them skincare, if you don't want to give them candles, um, boxes of chocolates in that. So um, my, my favourite is Harry's Nut Butter truffles. Have you tried these before? No, but they sound lovely. Oh, they are. I am a devil for them. I have to stop myself from opening them now in the shop because I can't, I can't control myself with them. They're gorgeous. But they're a really nice kind of luxury um, chocolate on. Uh, so it's it's $7.99 to, for a box of those. So it's not breaking the bank, but they're really, really lovely. If you're turning up to somebody's house, it's a nice alternative to the general um, plastic wrapped kind of roses or things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and look, if you like your roses, you like your roses. But this is exactly. we're trying to do things a, a little bit, a little bit differently. But yeah, on the food, like even, you know, even for for kids to be giving gifts as well, like, you know, a beautiful jar of, you know, locally made cranberry sauce or, you know, like something really simple like that wrapped nicely is a lovely gift. Yeah, they're they're my favorite types of gifts. It's, you know, when somebody is coming with that to you, they've thought about it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a really lovely um, way. So if you're not making them yourselves, that's fine. Not everybody does. But go into your local um, craft markets. There's so many Christmas markets around the Midlands. Um, and Mullingar has a Winterfest on now for the next few weekends. Um, so if you're around the area, definitely check it out. Um, but go into your local craft market. You'd buy loads of little pieces like that. And that's supporting like the smallest businesses that we have in the country is is um, people at craft fairs. So it's a great way of keeping money local um, and shopping as close to home as you can. And like if we just go back to making your own cranberry sauce and just like um, a health and safety warning, because I'm someone who does make my own cranberry sauce every year. I quite enjoy it. Yeah. And um, I make mine on Tullamore Jew with local honey. And they're, they're my two secret ingredients. Excellent. And I do give it away as gifts because people seem to enjoy it. And um, as in they come expecting it the following year. So that's always a good sign. Um, yeah. but, but do be careful because a burn from a cranberry, so- boiling cranberries with sugar is very painful. So just, you oh, know. God. Just yeah, so just you know, it's not the kind of thing that young young kids should be around yeah. when you when you're doing it. Maybe older children yeah. to participate in that. But you are right; like you hit the nail on the head. Like a lot of us ten- have a tendency to hop in the car, go up the road, up the motorway to the big shopping centre, and yeah. um, when we could, in fact, spend less on petrol, less on diesel you know, um, and actually go to the craft fairs in our, in our own locality. I know, you know, there's, there's a, I was in Port Leash the other day and the Christmas atmosphere was absolutely loud and proud. Uh, yeah. Tullamore Food Fair have their Christmas stalls right up to, to Christmas weekend. You know, these markets are, they're an experience to go to in themselves in that it's a lovely exactly. place to go over Saturday morning. Like, I don't know yeah. about you, but I just feel like when I go to Tullamore Food Fair before Christmas, that means it's Christmas to me. You know, it's become yeah. part of the routine and um, you get to catch up with people who maybe are home for the season. And then, like you say, supporting all of those entrepreneurs, you know, exactly. that. Um, and that's and- what Christmas is all about as well, isn't it? Kind of soaking up that atmosphere 
the bit of community. And it's not about running around from shop to shop stressed as as you can be. It's, you know, supporting the smaller ones and and soaking up that atmosphere. And I think actually if we try and like approach the whole period in that mindset. Like I think what we don't yeah. like is the being stuck in the traffic jams for hours on end because we're, everybody's trying to go to the same place. You know, that's the bit that causes the stress or the money part, you know, trying to yeah. spend a fortune on everybody because we're, we're all trying to outdo each other or, or I don't know, like trying to look good to the neighbours or whatever it might be. Um, yes. But also, Evelyn, and I know it's something that that you wanted to mention, like around Christmas, you know, if if maybe a physical item isn't on the agenda, maybe you don't really know what to do. Maybe there's a family you want to give a, a gift to. A day out, an experience is a lovely thing too. Yes. Yeah. This is my favorite thing to gift is if if um is 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 giving if you know somebody likes a particular band concert tickets mm-hmm. or if they're a fan of the theatre, a voucher for their local theatre, even for the cinema, things like that, where after Christmas, after all the rush and January can be a little bit low, having something to do and somewhere to go is a really nice gift. And if you're on a tight budget, you don't need to spend an awful lot of money. Gifting your time is also a really nice thing to do. So one of the nicest presents I've ever gotten was off Anna Brown. Big Sky Flowers, you have her on regularly. Um, but she, one year for my birthday, she gave me the gift of her time and she um, did a little voucher for me to say that she was going to come and help me in my garden in spring. And then she came out in, um, I think it was in um, the end of February, early March, and we spent a few hours in the garden and we had lunch together. And it was just so nice. She was able to give, that was her area of expertise and she was able to show me what I should and shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. And it was just a lovely, I just thought it was just so thoughtful to to give up her time like that. Um, and, and there's loads of things that we can be doing. If you know how to um, bake particular recipes, you can offer to cook dinner or do you know, those kind of things for somebody are really, really nice. So that's an alternative. If you're on a tight budget, um, thoughtful experience gift like that of your time is really nice as well. One thing I like to do um, on occasion is if I have people who are close to me and they have a newborn, make up a voucher for babysitting, you know, just, you know. Oh, gorgeous. Just like, you know, whenever you're ready to have your date night, you know, or, you know, you want it, you need a break, just just give me a call and I'll be there because I'm in a position because I don't have kids myself to do that, you know. And yeah. like, if you're not like, it's, that's fine for me because I can design it on a computer because I'm, I'm good at that. But if you're not good at computers, you, there's loads of print shops around the Midlands and you can go yeah. in there and you can say, listen, I need it. I need a bit of help. It's one quick job. Now, don't leave it till Christmas Eve, to, in fairness to them. You know, give them a <laughs> please few. Please don't. Leave please Christmas don't Eve. because because they'll want they'll, they'll hunt me down. Um, but yeah. pop into the print shops all around the Midlands and say, look, yeah. I want to create this voucher as a gift to someone. Can you help me out? And, and like, if they're not too busy, they will be able to help you out and that's another way of supporting the local economy whether it's you know a, um, a voucher of your time or some babysitting or just you know a fun activity it's it's something that you can do and even like there are like I remember many years ago now um, the boys in question are, are, are almost teenagers but when they were really young I got them like a, an archaeological dig day at Dublin Zoo and I think it was it was very it wasn't that big at all because it, I think it was maybe 40 euro for the three boys or something like that. But it was it was doable at the time, you know, so yes. even a, a Google of gifting experiences, you know, Ireland will help in that regard. And we should say 
we're blessed in the Midlands. We have Burr, uh, Burr Theatre Arts Centre, we've Esker Arts in Tullamore, we've the Dunamay's Arts Centre in Port Leash, and Mullingar Arts Centre. And I'm sure there's others that I'm leaving out across the Midlands. But, you know, pick up the phone, ask them, do they do a voucher? Could they send it out to you in the post? You wouldn't even need to leave your couch. Exactly. It, and and that means so much to supporting the local arts as well. I think it's a really fantastic idea to give that. And you'd be surprised how many shows are on in these small um, local theatres as well. The Esquire Centre in, in Tullamore is gorgeous and mm-hmm. there's lots of things on. Even cinema experiences there, it's great. And like it's these facilities, you know, it's funny you can walk past them in our busy day-to-day lives and if you're not involved maybe in an arts group kind of forget that they exist but they're a great night out you know an absolutely fantastic night out Um, and we're we're also very lucky to have them now Evelyn before I let you go um, how we wrap the Christmas present like uh, some people get very caught up on this and then and I know that there are some methods of wrapping that are not all that environmentally friendly Um, yeah one trick that I've done over the years because I'm a bit of a news junkie is I collect leading up to it, I'll collect and I'm not, I haven't quite done it yet this year, but um, old newspapers and wrap yep. them, you know, with a bit of ribbon or a bit of twine. And, and I know it sounds mean. OK, it sounds awful. But actually, if you do it neatly and nicely, it, it looks great. It does look great. And sticking in, if you see a little bit of holly or ivy or something like that, really elevates it. If you want it to look gorgeous, you can make it look gorgeous um, using paper bags and turning them inside out is another alternative. Um, and I, I, there's, I'm kind of the butt of the joke in the family for a few years that, that how I wrap my presents um, in the newspaper as well. But now it's catching on. Mm-hmm. So these things, you know, you can start off as being a bit of a laugh and you can make a joke of it, um, but it catches on and people start joining in with you as well then. Um, and like, if you go to the local, say, art and craft shop, if, like, if, you've, if you've children in your life and you go yeah. to the local arts and craft shop, give, get get a couple of sheets of large white paper. Yeah. Give them finger paints or markers and let them go to town and there's homemade wrapping paper. Yes. And if you head into your local charity shop, um, charity shops are filled with gorgeous scarves. I don't know if you noticed that before, but there's so many lovely scarves and scarves are the perfect thing to wrap presents in as well. So, um, and then that can be reused. So mm-hmm. obviously they can either wear the scarf or they can wrap another gift in it. But it actually looks really lovely um, as well. So that's another nice alternative as a reusable um, gift wrapping thing. So And also you can buy paper tape. Um, it's common enough to come by now. And um, string. You don't need uh, sellotape anymore. And the thing with the scarf is you don't need sellotape or, or string or, or paper tape. You can use the fa- like and even pieces of fabric, you know, even if you don't have a scarf yeah. to hand, like even if it is yeah. an old T-shirt, you know, exactly. you, if you wrap it nicely, if you just don't leave it to the last minute, give yourself yeah. a bit of time, you, you can make it look really beautiful. Absolutely. So sustainability is not about um, buying a expensive fancy kind of items it's just being a little bit more thoughtful about where you're buying things what it's made of and then what you're wrapping it in so it's very very doable um, and it can be as budget friendly as you like and the other thing as well like just going back to that that um just came to me there but going back to the local design shops and that but there's a movement now towards because you've got the coffee cup tax coming in and all of that getting rid of um disposable 
cups, disposable yeah. straws, all that. Like you could actually go in and have maybe a joke printed instead of a mug for the office, a reusable coffee mug with like the company logo on it or, or you know, world's best boss or world's best dad just stuck on it. There's, there's loads of places doing things like this right around the Midlands. Yeah. And it's so important to support them because if we do want these small independent shops and, and designers and printers, we need to support them. It's, it's, it is as simple as that. The huge shopping centres and the multinational companies are going to stay around, but it's the small ones that bring character to the Midlands that we really need to support. And at the end of the day, we need to keep the community thriving so that we can all live well in the region Absolutely. and, and, and have, you know, the, the ability to, to work and live locally and not, and, and not commute, you know, which, you know, not everybody has. Um, so um, Evelyn Fitzpatrick, thank you so much for getting your, your research hat on for us for these wonderful sustainable gift ideas. Evelyn, have a wonderful Christmas and we will talk to you in 2024. Great. Many happy returns. Thanks, Ashley. We'll be back after the break. Let's go green. Sponsored by Airgrid, managing and operating Ireland's electricity grid for a cleaner energy future. Check out airgrid.ie for more. You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. And I hope you have been enjoying our show so far this week. Well, when I was chatting with Evelyn Fitzpatrick of the refill mill in Mullingar um, just before the break, we did mention the overwhelm that can come at this time of year and whether it's the overwhelm with just trying to get everything done and making Christmas brilliant in our in our own individual houses or or the financial overwhelm that comes with that. But um, it can be also hard to know how to approach this time of year in a sustainable and environmentally friendly way and sustainable in an economically friendly way. So as I said with Evelyn, we, we're trying to get us thinking about Christmas in this week's episode of the show in a more sustainable way. And part of that is looking at how we get our houses ready for the period, whether it's getting ready for visitors to come and putting up the Christmas tree, the Christmas tree and all those decorations, um, maybe adding to the decorations if that's a tradition in your house or maybe things got broken in the attic since last year. So to talk a little bit about how we might get our houses up and running and feeling festive for Christmas, we're joined by Alina C of Alina C Design in County Leash. Alina, you are very welcome back to Let's Go Green. Hello, Ashley. I'm so excited to meet you again and have that kind of beautiful conversation just before festival season. Glad so, to be here. Alina, I have to admit now, I I love Christmas. My birthday is the 23rd of December. I adore this time of year. And as a result, um, I can go overboard when it comes to decorating because I get such a kick out of it. And I do find myself looking up ideas on the internet, whether it's Pinterest or Instagram or, you know, blogs or whatever. And, you know, if you wanted to follow and the latest trends and, you know, just do something or copy what you're seeing online, like you'd you'd want to have thousands to spend. Like it can be very a, a big challenge to even on a budget perspective to get the house looking festive really every year if we weren't clever about it. Oh, absolutely agree with this. Yeah, that's that's a business worldwide concept to make us spend money. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And yeah. it's 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 their job to make us want to spend. Yeah. 
money. But so we we are very lucky after we um out of pandemic, we have a new mindset, majority of us kind of um we being more mi- mindful of our lifestyle, things we buy, how we spend money. And very often I see people who want to have less but better quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, they embrace minimalism lifestyle. So less wasteful lifestyle, which is actually fantastic. So it's not that actually hard to be beautiful on a Christmas day in, in your home and not to break your bank. It's actually not that hard. You Sometimes maybe you need to build more crafty, maybe in more adventurous to do things by yourself or explore how your existing things in your home can be reused for home decorating. And like I was speaking to somebody a little bit earlier and she was telling me that in her household, some of the decorations are 40 years old because they've been minded over the years. You know, Mm. perhaps it was a gift to granny that was passed on and and now she has it. And like I was reminded that I had a little bit of a a DIY task myself, which I I, I might now, Alina will be able to see this now, but listeners unfortunately won't. So so this little teddy bear gift was given to me by Ms. Kavna, when she was on mm. teaching placement in Skullwara in Tullamore, um, when I was in second class of primary school. Now, that wasn't yesterday. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> but unfortunately, the little teddy bear has, Alina, you can see it, has lost yeah. a leg. Aww. So before Christmas and before the weekend, one of my jobs will be sitting down to repair <laughs> the teddy bear because at this stage he survived this long I'm I'm absolutely going to make sure he survives mm. another couple of decades but it yeah. is nice isn't it to go back through the old decorations and actually and maybe it's the best way to go about it now you're the expert but to even just take a look at what we have first before we go near the shops oh yes but you know actually it's great that you brought it up that's uh, collecting things and keeping them in your home that's actually create your own story story of your family finding things going on those christmas markets buy small figurines and that your little bear is wooden wooden is fantastic it's yeah. ecological and it's long lasting and it's a homey feel as well and it's always a bit of local craft and then if every year you will buy little figurine and different markets, you literally create a beautiful store from places you went. And then every time every year you will be decorating your Christmas tree and remember, oh, remember we got this there, yeah. oh, went there. So it's actually a whole story of home decorating. And um, I personally really like the, again, if we go to minimalism lifestyle and uh, minimalist interior design, wooden decorations is actually embraced this year. Um, from little candles, which is made out of the wood, for example, because they're very simple, very organic looking. And um, wooden uh, decorative uh, ornaments for the Christmas tree is absolutely heat. Mm-hmm. And I particularly like little shop called uh, Little Green Shop. They have little sets of wooden de- decorations for the Christmas tree. Some can be pre-painted, some could be painted with your family, so you can buy as a set. And uh, it will last you a long time. So you can reuse them from year to year. And then because wood is not like plastic, it's not shiny. It has a certain texture to it. It looks on a Christmas tree more organic with the Christmas tree, with the pines, rather than shiny plastic. Mm -hmm. It just looks always so much better. There's from the design perspective, textures and layers of textures is everything. (laughs) 
that's a really good point because you know you've got the the soft bristles of the tree and then this the, yeah. the wooden pieces give a bit yeah. of structure um yeah. and but you're still it's still all natural you know um yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can totally see um, where, yeah. where the design eye is coming in then. And like, say if you started off with a tree and like, and I know I, I was actually, I was in, I was in a, a large retailer there the other day and I was surprised to see, and I and maybe I'm wrong here, but is Tinsel making a comeback? I thought Tinsel went out in the nineties, but. Uh, um, no, not Tinsel. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's not terribly like, oh, fair enough. Now look, if, if, if you've had Tinsel in your house and you've been using it for years upon years upon years, it's not exactly going to do any more harm like that. No. you know, And that is wise, you know, keep reusing using the same um, decorations each yeah. year. But um, it, it, it is it's funny to see these things uh, popping up in the yeah. shops. But, but down the here definitely is organic minimalism. So what you really need to have is just nice twinkly lights, good pine tree, artificial good quality or real one even better. And then wooden decorations. And another addition to this would be paper decorations, mm-hmm. which is absolutely yeah. not a glorious story. Um, you can admire them on most of the magazines. Home interior magazines, you know, there's um, like 3D or bubbles or Christmas tree made out of the paper. And they come in different sizes from small to medium to sometimes can be very large. Sometimes you can see bubbles, sometimes it's like sh- uh, shape of the star. So you can decorate uh, not only the Christmas tree, but the room, sometimes uh, maybe ceiling in the hallway. Um, so all this kind of, first of all, it's, it's all recyclable or very often those ornaments made from the recycled paper. So it's very green. And also if somebody's crafty, those uh, paper decorations can be made by yourself at home. Yeah. And even like if you got a really, if you looked on YouTube, now I know you could get overwhelmed Mm. with the amount of options on YouTube, but if you did look on YouTube, and like, you know, children's how to make, you know, how to get kids to make uh, mm. children paper baubles or something like that. Yeah. You know, you would come up with loads of options and you could sit down and and even if you're not a child. But I, I always find mm. the children, the decorations aimed at kids tend to be the clearest <laughs> in my experience. Yeah. Or sorry, the, the instructions aimed at children tend to be the clearer ones. They tend to be nice and easy to follow. Like you, yeah. it's, it's a little bit like learning a little bit of origami, really. You know, you oh, could. Yes, it is. Yeah, you know, do you know those paper decorations first was made of where they came from? No. From reusing shopping bags. The one we get to paper shopping bags in different shopping centers. That that's what it is for. And like I I see it on my feed on social media all the time now in the past couple of days where it's like you you fold them together into triangles and then you get a hot glue gun and, and glue them all together. And before you know, it, you have this gorgeous looking star. <laughs> now, I actually haven't had the time to sit down and actually yeah. try it out for myself, but I will because it does look yeah. relatively simple. And all you need for that is a bit of glue and a bit of paper. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do you know, and and that doesn't cost all that much, but. It is an opportunity to, if you want to add something new to your decorations, to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Then if you if you find yourself busy, again, that little shop goes little green shop, have those paper decorations in stock. Okay. Okay. It's our uh, shop. And it's, in, it's important as well. And I know we mentioned it earlier, but, you know, popping into your local town and seeing what small independent retailers have if you are in the market um, Mm -hmm. it is important to support local business people as well absolutely yeah and I would say if you're in Leash there are two of my absolutely favourite would be Nook and Cranny in Port Leash and the second one Anthology in Abelix 
They are absolutely a gem. It's like you walk in and there's like collection. Are you familiar with anthology in Netherlands? I'm not familiar with anthology, um, but I will check it out. But I am now familiar with Nook and Cranny because I popped in there uh, last Saturday and they were celebrating an award win and we got them. Um, I was driving, so I got mm. um, a, a grape juice beverage in a very nice glass. But they were they were celebrating. And my God, the service I got in the, from the ladies in there. And I, I did buy yeah. um, a present for myself. Let's just put it that way, and a present for somebody else while I was there. Mm. Um, it's a beautiful shop in Port Leash, in, yeah. in the heart of the town. And yeah. what I really like about going to shops like Nook and Cranny in Port Leash or others elsewhere, it, when you go to the independent retailers, they really know their stock. Yes. So if you go in and you ask and you say, look, I've seen such and such, mm-hmm. it's not in budget or it was on the internet and it's only available in America and I'm looking for something similar. They'll be able to, if they don't have it themselves, direct you to mm-hmm. someone who might in the area. And yeah. that's not always the case in the large multiples. Yeah. You know that if Nook and Cranny, they have quite a fair collaboration between abroad and local makers. Anthology in Abelix, they work only with local artists and makers. Okay. It's, it's actually so great. They have little intro book for each product. So you actually can know who was the person behind each product on the shelf. And there's so much. The selection is huge. And I know Alison herself, she... Um, uh, draws little um, cards, like greeting cards. And they also can be found in the shop. Well, um, we do hope that it is a positive retail season for, for all the independent mm. retailers around the Midlands. Now, Alina, the Christmas table can be a challenging one to decorate. Um, I learned in the last couple of years how to turn my napkins into Christmas trees and I'm rather proud. <laughs> um, and if you are looking for the video on how to do that, look up the Milby Studios Instagram page and scroll back to Christmas last year yeah. because I know Jennifer put it up there. Um, sure. But it can be hard to decorate the Christmas dinner table but leave enough room for the food. And to me, you know, it has to be practical too, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But you know, it's, um, well, I'm in the trade. So for me, it's a bit more easier. <laughs> I kind of know what needs to be done. So my best tip, uh, follow the direction of the table. So if you have a rectangular table, you need to place your ornaments in elongated direction. So nothing round or square. So it needs to be maybe a, a very narrow, narrow tray. And you can put little pines and candle holders in it. And this could be it. Um, if you have a round table, then obviously it can be more like a centerpiece, but it should be too hot, too high because during greeting seasons, we aim to have dinners and breakfast maybe together and lunches. So you want to have a conversational um, setup so you can see each other's faces. So anything you put like should be too high. But I think the best if you have um, could be a wooden bowl, could be a ceramic bowl and uh, fill up with a bit of maybe a pine or a little kind of wreath, for example, and put um, kettle holders out of the wood, maybe, maybe glass. Um, and I actually seen a, such an easy DIY during that season. We buy a lot of lemonade, especially for children from glass bottles. Some of them, I know friends of mine, they reuse them for summer gardens. So if you want to have a bit of chilled water, water in a bottle, so you buy lemonade during the Christmas season and then reuse it uh, anytime during the year. So you also can reuse those bottles. So if you remove labels, they look actually quite neat. And you can put um, inside maybe rosemary 
as a leaf, and then I use them as a long candle holders and just put a few of them just as a central piece on your table. It's yeah. also it's quite nice. Even have a long runner and then a few bottles as a candles and have a little bit of rosemary inside. It's important as well, like to like we are trying to be more and more. We are becoming as a society more mindful of the environment and mm-hmm. the problems that we're facing in terms of climate change. And like it's very easy to go into town and spend an absolute fortune mm. that we don't necessarily have or need. Um mm. So like, you know, going back to the old reliables that have, you know, polished them up, maybe even if they are wooden decorations, maybe they just need a new link of paint, you know, um, yeah. and just tidy things up a little bit. And yeah, you, you could maybe, just spray them, even if yeah, you have yeah. old bubbles, which is kind of plastic, sometimes they fade or you just maybe color is not trained anymore. You can buy metallic uh, finished paint and just spray them. They look like perhaps they're brand new shiny. So we don't need to spend a fortune. We can make our homes feel wonderful this season. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Once you have a Christmas tree, even just a minimum minimum lights and decorations, which you could make at home. Actually, not a decoration uh, from uh, salt dough. You're familiar? I think kids in school make them all the Mm -hmm. time. Salt dough, and you can shape them with either star or bubbles. And um, then this is super, super make it less crafty than even uh, paper decorations. <laughs> well, in for the Christmas of 2019, I had quite a nasty accident at work and I was totally laid up and bored because mm-hmm. it was, I was in a my leg was in a brace. And um, I sent God love. I sent a family member to the, the local art and hobby shop or the art shop in town in Tullamore. And I said, just pick me up some polymer clay. So and I got some literally got cookie cutters that had not been used in about 10 years because I don't make them. Um, I don't make cookies and started cutting out shapes and painting words on them. So now they're on my tree every year since they're in the colors that I like. They go up my mm-hmm. color scheme and they have like laughter and peace and joy. You know, the words that you think about traditionally yeah. over Christmas and that year. I probably spent maybe 30 euro on the clay in total, hmm. but I got loads of Christmas presents out of it as well. You know, so, fantastic. Uh, you know, maybe this year, what we'd like to encourage people to do is instead of, you know, stressing ourselves out, just think a little bit more. And maybe this year the investment is actually our time in, hmm. in putting you these know, together. That's actually a very good story you have. And it reminded me um, a few years back um, when my daughter was very small, I took her for a walk into the woods in Talkers. And there was a dry kind of reed, not reeds, like um, wooden, like I would say like dry bush, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't identify what it is. I'm not good at the botanic. Um, so we just pick up with those uh, long branches. And then we came home and I was able to bend them into a wreath. And we just decorated with some leftovers ribbons we had from presents, presents wrapping last year. And we did a few glue, put the hot glue gun, just put a bit of bubbles on it. And that was actually front door wreath, which is still have it in, in my attic. It's going down actually, maybe next week. Um, but then and the same week we went shopping in town and the same wreath, what people actually sell out was 45 euro. <laughs> and we made it literally for nothing. And it looks great, and it's it's and because it's out. It's basically it's the same very sturdy wood. 
it didn't lose any shape. It didn't look any worse. It's exactly like we made it. We just wrapped it and put it away. And I, I, I have two reefs, so I rotate them from year to year. I have green one for one year, and I have this um, from wooden um, coming down this year. I'm, I'm going to leave you with a final one, and this is one that I picked up from my own mum, that if you do make or buy new Christmas decorations. Generally speaking, we store them in some kind of box, at least in our house anyway, to protect them. So my mom and this, she's done this for years and I love seeing them every year. She puts a note in the box to say where they were bought, by whom and what year. Oh, and wow. it's, it's it, and I mean, like it's just literally like printer paper you know like it's yeah. not, not not special paper but like you know there's a tree um uh, uh, you can't see at the moment but a little um, tree that I bought when I first moved out of home uh, to go to college in 2004 you know mm-hmm. and it'll be 20 years old next year and it's on the box and we still have the box from Habitat the one that I came in 2004 mm-hmm. Ashling's first apartment is written on the outside of the box you know and that's, that's the kind of thing that we should be encouraging each other to do this Christmas as, as we're as we're taking them down and we're remembering the stories to to take a yeah. note of them you know because it is lovely yeah. to see them each year after year well Alina C Design thank you once again I could talk all night to you about interiors Alina but uh, <laughs> thank you so much uh, for coming on Let's Go Green um, again and I'm sure we'll be talking to you in the new year but uh, in the meantime so happy Christmas happy Christmas to you too thank you so much we'll be back after the break Let's Go Green, sponsored by Airgrid, managing and operating Ireland's electricity grid for a cleaner energy future. Check out airgrid.ie for more. You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103 and I hope you have enjoyed our show this week. Just a big thank you to Evelyn Fitzpatrick of the Refill Mill in Mullingar, Alina C of Alina C Designs in Portleach and of course Caroline O'Doherty, Environment Correspondent with the Irish Independent who spoke with us this week and indeed last week live from Dubai at COP28. Thank you ladies for contributing to this week's episode episode of the show. Don't forget that you can listen to every episode of Let's Go Green on your preferred podcast app, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can go on to Midlands 103, click on the podcast section and it will bring you to your preferred app, whichever it is that's handy on your phone. And indeed, thank you to each and every one of you that tune in every Monday night on Midlands 103 FM. Also, Thank you for your messages about the show. They are gratefully received and um, they are all read. I am not terribly good, I have to be honest, about getting back to everybody promptly. I will work on doing that a little bit better for 2024. But um, I do read all the messages and I just thank you. So if you'd like to suggest an item for the show, please do go on to Midlands 103, click on the on-air team and then look for my name, Ashling O'Rourke. You'll see a picture with my face on it and send me an email directly from from the website there. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great week. We will be back same time next week for the last Let's Go Green of 2023. Hasn't this year just flown? Uh, But for now, have a great week and stay listening to Midlands 103.